WBNE. Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, we just want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by your friends, family, and loved ones. We're here for you, and we care for you. We want you to know that you are loved, that you have somebody to come to on a dark day, and that you matter and that your impact on the world is grand, and that we just downright appreciate you. And if nobody's told you today, that shirt looks so good. It looks so good. So thank you so, so much. I could shill our Patreon right now and talk about how like that helps us continue to grow the podcast and grow our lives. But I really, right now, I just want to focus on you and how how much I appreciate you and how much the world appreciates you. And the world is a better place because you are in it, and this this is for you. We made this for you, and I just think you're great, so keep up the great work. Anyway, enjoy the show. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today, we're winning a lemon. Or maybe we're just selling cars. So throw a wrench at your boss. And steal a stopwatch. Because today, we're bringing you Ford vs. Ferrari. Ford V Ferrari? V Ferrari? I don't really know. Nobody's ever said the name of this movie out loud to me, except at the Oscars, and I was not paying attention. Oscar nominated, Ethan. We're back to Oscar nominated. Oscar winning. Oscar winning. It wasn't Best Picture. No, it won for Best Sound Mixing, but... That's... Okay. It won an Oscar. So I I knew that it won for Best Sound Mixing, and I knew that uh, it was, like, famous for this particular fact, so I watched it in like the best sound scenario I could possibly put myself in. I watched it on Emily's like brand new iPad Pro with my Bose headphones. I cranked all the way up and it was phenomenal. Yeah, last time I watched it, I watched it in my Bose headphones. This time I watched it on my Sonos surround sound. And it, it does the Dolby, Dolby 3.1 does not disappoint. It did not disappoint in the Bose. No, it doesn't. But it is, it is as, as I figured, better in surround than it was. I'm sure in the in the headphones but like i would think i would take the headphones over television speakers yeah so the head i mean i watched it like in my bed actually there was a question you're supposed to ask me oh well i didn't you didn't give me a chance well i know but anyway tyler what did you think of ford versus ferrari well Ethan, i didn't watch ford v ferrari this week i watched the 2000 classic bring it on okay i don't know uh, if you know this okay Kirsten dunst okay I've, I've seen Bring It On. I, I'm not prepared to talk about Bring It On. Bring It On. I, listen, I was watching it just before we recorded this. Kirsten Dunst plays a cheerleading captain who uh, sort of gets mixed up in this situation where she, like, hires a choreographer, but that's not allowed in her, like, league of cheerleading. So then she has to, like, write a choreographed dance so they have a chance at nationals against the inner city school. And the inner city school is, like, maybe, I'm not sure. I can't remember the details, but it's, like, their first chance to be at nationals because they never got to go before. So it's, like, everybody's getting a leg up, and then they go to nationals. And then, uh, it's, I mean, it's pretty bomb. Bonkers. Like, it is this movie about female characters that I'm pretty sure fails the Bechdel test. I, I don't love it. I do not envy it. It also sounds like it's about, like, a school full of rich white people that beat a school full of not rich, not white people <laughs> in cheerleading. I haven't seen Bring It On in oh. a long time. Uh, when you pitched this idea of me asking you this question, I thought it was going to be funny. And you haven't said anything funny yet. I just wanted to bring up in Bring fact, It On. In fact, I said the I... funny thing about the thing that you said. 
I, Can you say I something's funny? Watching, uh, okay. Um, the Kirsten Dunst plays a character named Torrance, and that's not a real name. Um, there's like this weird. These are all not funny things. These are all problematic things with the film. It might not be a great. Uh, the only I mean, so here's my thing about Bring It On is they did hire Lin Manuel Miranda to write the music for Bring It On the musical. I did not know that. Yeah, uh, Lin did like the the music. I think maybe the lyrics. I don't know about the lyrics, but he did the music for Bring It On the musical. Hang on, let me. This, this is brand new information to me. Oh, um, also on the subject of I will have I will have things to report next week, but I don't currently. I did order a copy of shrek exclamation point the book and i was just gonna have it didn't arrive in time amazon actually canceled my order uh so i had to go through barnes and noble to get it but i, I what my hat plan for the hash browns today was just to read shrek the book but i don't have it this week well that's okay we have a different hash brown planned if you like this show and you want to listen to more bacon and eggs right after it's over we do like a 30 minute bonus show called the hash browns it is super lazy but if that's the thing you like about this show you'll probably like it check it out at patreon.com slash bacon and eggs Boom. Okay, Blood. so bringing on the musical, music by Tom Kitt and Lynn Memo Miranda, and lyrics by Amanda Green and Lynn Memo Miranda, and a book by Jeff Witte. And I don't know what the book for a musical means, and I don't want anybody to at me on Twitter and tell me I'll find out eventually, or I'll text one of the hosts of Sincerely Us. I don't want anybody to at me on Twitter about what a book for a musical is. Somebody is, is anyway, bringing on the musical is premiered on Broadway in 2012. Somebody is going was, into their uh, drafts right now to be like, I've already got a tweet about what a book to a musical is. Ready to go at Ethan Edgehill at wow. Now the O's are zeros. I'm, I'm ready. That tweet has been drafted by Grace Moore for months. Oh, okay. Um, hello. I lost you there for a second. Yeah, I made Zoom a joke completely closed on my computer. Did you know that Zoom was down the other day when like the kids were back at school? Yeah, I got and an just email about it me. today from Zoom. All it reminded me of was just be 22 and have graduated already, you know? Yeah, I cannot think of a better time to be 22 and have graduated already than in the love in the time of coronavirus. Right. Like, what's stopping you from being 22 and already graduated from college? The real question is, when are they going to add uh, COVID-19 to the Oregon Trail? The real question is, like, 50 years from now on the test where it says what year did like america like grossly incompetently handle the virus the coronavirus so many kids are going to put 2019 you've made this joke twice already on this show when it wasn't funny really? the first time it's funny every time it's this is not, my best material it's not though we just know what it's called it's called covid 19 because it came around in 2019 it happened in 2020 it'll be fine okay let's bring it back to ford v ferrari yeah i want to tell about you about enough. how this movie was released on november 15th 2019 directed by james mangold uh, released 284 days ago on a $97 million budget, made $225.5 million worldwide, got a 92% critic score, and 98% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and an 81 on Metacritic. And I have a negative review here from Kevin Marr of Times UK, and he says, directed by James Mangold with a slavish appreciation of formula, it's the perfect movie event of the year if that year was 1955. Wow. He didn't like it. No, he didn't like it. 27 John people Burns. on Rotten Tomatoes didn't like this movie, and 27 people are wrong. Here's my question. How, how are you going to release it in 1955 if John Bernthal wouldn't have even been alive then? It doesn't I don't make know. any I'm, sense. So I'm not okay. With, I want to hear a, neg a positive review from this movie real quick. Uh, but first of all, I want to talk about the fact that this movie made me like John Bernthal and not like Josh Lucas, and I'm not okay with that. 
Oh, I th- I mean, I thought everyone who was in this movie was excellent in this movie. No, I thought they were excellent in this movie, but like Josh Lucas is like the guy that owns the glass shop in Sweet Home Alabama and like wins uh, Melanie Earl Smooter, Reese, De- Reese um, Witherspoon over from Patrick Dempsey, who is the worst. And uh, like he's a, he's a sweetheart in like everything. And then John Bernthal is an asshole in absolutely everything he's ever been in ever, except this movie. I want to talk about casting here in just a bit, but uh, let me see. I'm trying yeah. to find positive review so a lot of these positive reviews are astonishingly negative what did the new york times uh, sorry the new york post where does who does um what's the one that uh freaking richard brody writes for i don't know let me see if he wrote one i'm sure he did not on page one that much i can tell you there's 17 pages I don't, know, I don't know what to tell you here. Uh, let me let me read a few reviews for you to give you an idea of uh, like the level of not as positive as you would have thought. Clarice Laffrey of The Independent in UK says, Ford v. Ferrari may relish in the high life, but its final moments feel devastatingly hollow. Four out of five. Uh, uh, Ed Potton, Times UK, says it's a far from perfect film, but a richly entertaining one with a twist that only devoted petrol heads will know is coming, which I did not know was coming. I didn't know. So I'm like really into cars and I love this story of Ford versus Ferrari. I am ashamed to tell you how much I didn't know Ken Miles existed. Well, we can get into that in a little bit. Um, I want to read you uh, the review from Richard Roper of the Chicago Sun-Times. Um, okay. And he says, oh, one of the best ensemble cast of the year in one of the best movies ever made about auto racing. 3.5 out of 4. That's a pretty positive review from one of the most famous film critics ever to live. Yeah, that is a very good review. I, I mean, that's... So it is It is an interesting thing because normally you don't, you, you don't get a lot of sports movies made like this. As like... As like, this is... I mean, this is an Oscar Beatty art film about car racing. It... it, it uh, yes. But there is no way... I don't think you can tell Shelby Ford's story. Not Shelby Ford. Uh, oh my Carol God. Shelby? Carol Shelby's story in a non-art film way. Like, I don't know how you tell this story. Yeah, you can't get the, the team only... that made Miracle to make this. I think you can. No, I don't think you can. I think, but like, you can't get... I, I think the only other way around this is to get like Edgar Wright to make Ford v. Ferrari. Right, which is basically what they did. Right. Th- this is the equivalent of, of, of Clint Eastwood walking into the producer's office wherever he works and it's just like... I want to make a movie out of Jersey Boys, the musical. <laughs> They're like, you want to do what? And it's like, I want to make a really sad musical about Jersey Boys, about about Frankie Valli and also the Four Seasons, which fantastic so, movie. If you've never seen it, it is heartbreakingly sad. So is this. So is this. Yeah, it gets you right there at the end. Oh, I see. OK, you know, it's coming the whole time. I did you not know, the first time. You know, Carol Shelby's name. Yeah. You don't know Ken Miles. That's that's it for me is that me as a racing, not a racing fan, but as a car fan, as a Ford fan and not knowing who Ken Miles is, which is like, I'm sure like an embarrassing thing. Like the other Ford people listening to this are like, Tyler, you own a Mustang. This is absolutely unacceptable. Name some but non like, NASCAR racing drivers. I couldn't. I wouldn't say that I'm okay. a racing fan. Yeah. That's why you don't know Ken Miles' name. Right. I could I could name very few NASCAR drivers, like active NASCAR drivers. Right, exactly. No idea. If it's not the Rusty Wallace, Dale Sr. So this era, is, it um, never happened. Whatever series that they race these things, and, and now there are more of them, like it used to just be like the 24 Hours Daytona and 24 Hours at Sebring and 24 Hours at Le Mans. Um, 
And now there's a whole like series of these races, but it's it's even more so than Formula One. It's about cars more than drivers. Yes. They're like every I mean, event not, is like the Olympics where like you pick your team per the event. Sort of. I mean, I like, mean, yeah, no, that's it, though. That is how it works. Like Ken Miles could have driven for a, a different team at a different race that same year. Like he could have driven Daytona for not Ford. Oh, right. Yeah. And I mean, that's Carol Shelby's story, right? He, he drove for what, Aston Martin. Aston Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Until Ford was like, hey, man, build us a race car. Build us a race car. Yeah. Well, so he uh, he he drove for Aston Martin, won the won Le Mans fifty nine, um, and then yeah, had the whole thing where he couldn't race anymore, and so he's like, I guess I build cars now. I kind of know how to do that. Yeah, and then he was like, Oh, I'm gonna sell cars. What well, cars he built? Yeah. To Steve McQueen and a bunch of other people. Steve McQueen is a name I always hear, and I don't know who Steve McQueen Next is. Next week on Bacon and Eggs, we review a Steve McQueen movie. Is Steve McQueen like the film version of, uh, oh, who is that stunt driver with the gloves? No idea. Oh, yes, you do. Come on. Famous stunt driver. And he wore like a certain outfit. And he wore, there was like gloves involved. OJ Simpson, the Stig. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> the Stig. Thinking of people Simpson. that wear gloves. Michael Jackson. No, 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 no. Come on. Stunt drivers. Name stunt drivers. I don't know the names of any stunt drivers. You would know this name. You would know this name. I have no idea. Vinny Jones. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, this is going to kill me. His name like sounds like a stunt. Evil uh, Knievel. Evil Knievel. He was a, like a, he wasn't like a stunt driver. He was like a daredevil. That's a stunt driver, right? No, a stunt driver is a guy that does movie stunts. Okay. Evil Knievel Evil did Knievel. like, he like jumped over the Grand Canyon. Is Evil Knievel the different person than Steve McQueen? Steve McQueen is an actor. Steve McQueen was like Brad Pitt before Brad Pitt was Brad Pitt. Okay, that helps. Did Steve McQueen portray Evil Knievel in a film? I don't think so. Why do I associate these two names? I have no idea. Steve McQueen. I don't even know how to spell Evil Knievel. Is Evil his real name? It can't be. I've got a, a um, let's see. Uh, Steve McQueen sells Evil Knievel doesn't. Motorbikerider.com. Motorbike writer, right? Like, right, like W-R-I-T-E-R.com. Okay. January 10th, 2016. Uh, is the number one Google search when I search their names together. That is a wild, that's wild that anybody would write them together if there was not a, uh, uh, uh film situation. Well, so they both, so Steve McQueen jumped a motorcycle over a fence in uh, The Great Escape. Okay. No. Different movie? Maybe. Is that why I think of them? I, I, so there's a, there's like a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. He rode like a cool motorcycle and Evil Knievel rode motorcycles. Right. Okay. So I'm not crazy. Oh, this is about, um, this is about the bikes that they rode selling at an auction. Ah, okay. So there doesn't so appear I know to be any particular about- uh, association whatsoever. Okay, so the other name that came to mind was Johnny Blaze, who is the Ghost Rider. The Ghost Rider, so yeah. Maybe all I know about motorcycles is Steve McQueen. Anyway, next <laughs> week on Bacon and Eggs, we review a Steve McQueen movie. We review Bullet. We'll stick with cars. I like cars. I love cars. I'll tell you one thing I loved watching this movie is even though like I can't work on cars to save my life, although I did change a windshield wiper motor the other day <laughs> Look in my at truck. You. Yeah. And my dad was like, Wow, you really know how to use a wrench. And I was like, Yeah, it's a wrench. And he was like, okay, well, and he was like, maybe you should get into wrench, wrenching motors. And I was like, no, I like what I do. It involves no wrenches. That is the, the At goal. At one point I thought about going to school and being a mechanic. Yeah. Do you know how much an ASC certified technician makes? A lot. A lot. Money. Money. Well, like most of what you do all the time is you work for a dealership and you change the oil on 2019 Toyota Camrys. Right. And I think, I think I wouldn't mind changing the oil on 2019 Camrys. 
I think I would mind every customer coming in and being like, you're trying to screw me. And I'll be like, I'm not, man. I work for the dealership. The guy in the little office over there is trying to screw you. He's not even trying to screw you. Your filter is literally full of dead animals. We we have to change. See, it. I see. I know enough about cars to know when I'm being swindled by a, a car dealer. By a, by a, sorry, by a uh, mechanic at a dealership. Well, yeah, me too. I don't look like I know enough about cars, but I do. But like most people don't. Like I had to, I had to go with Kate the first time she got her oil changed. They'll get you on the oil change. Yeah, I, I, let me tell you, the people who want to screw you are not the dealership. It's Jiffy Lube. Jiffy Lube wants to screw you. The, Jiffy Lube wants to sell you a filter you don't need. Yeah, for every, they want to change every filter you have in your car every time you get your oil change, which is absurd. Yeah, it is. Unless there's something wrong with it, it like never needs to be changed. Um, I'm not never. Not never, if, but not. not never. That's a part of what we call a tune-up in the industry. Yeah. Okay. So what I love about this movie is the camaraderie between the car team and the crew. Because I, I know that like in my professional career, the most camaraderie I felt with my coworkers was when I was in cars. That is when I most felt like part of a team and there was like you know passing it off and there was this whole culture of i don't know of like working for the machine or with the machine or through the machine i don't know it was very cool and i really really liked that and i miss that about working in cars and watching movies like this makes me miss working with cars when i when i was a little kid i wanted in the world nothing more like i was like five or six years old i wanted to race at the 24 hour le mans oh yeah like when i was a child and i said that to kate last night she's like why do you even know what this is i'm like why do you not how do you not because they didn't watch Top Gear. Right. So like when I was selling cars, me and one of my coworkers would research every day. Like we would just read car blogs all the time because you were like, I don't know, you just like you get into it. And we would research the 24 hours of lemons, which is a much more accessible race where like they'll let anybody sign up and you can spend a maximum of $500 on a vehicle. That's hysterical. And if you run, if it runs for 24 hours, like then you like... That's the challenge. I guess there is limits. There is like a race aspect to it, but like the goal is to just go for 24 hours and it's at least in America. So I don't have to like fly to Europe with a car. Well, to be fair, the the point of this race is to last 24 hours with that car blowing up as well. Right. But this race is like last 24 hours with a car that doesn't suck. Yeah, correct. So when they when they were casting this movie, there's a couple casting decisions I want to talk about. Uh, Ray McKinnon, I absolutely love. He can be in every movie moving forward. I feel like uh, he's a real always a bridesmaid, never a bride kind of person. Who's Ray McKinnon? Ray McKinnon is a pops in this ah, movie. Yes, yes, yes. Guy whose name I, I will never know ever for any reason. Right, can be he's always a bridesmaid. Yeah, I love Ray McKinnon. Well, like, uh, I mean, but my- no, I, I, I don't think he's a bridesmaid. He's never a bride. He's a, like, you know, day of wedding planner, never a bride. <laughs> I just, I think he's so good. And I thought he killed it in because, this like, film. Because, like, always a bridesmaid is never a bride is exactly the way I would describe John Bernthal. John Bernthal was the Punisher, right? When? Where? On what? I thought he was the Punisher on Netflix. Oh, that doesn't count. He was Shane in The Walking Dead. He's second banana. Second banana? Yeah. What does that mean? That means he was the, the, the not the guy. He was not Rick Grimes. Oh, okay. Rick Grimes. God, what is a character I don't care about? Walking Dead was uh, good there for a minute. It was real good for like a couple years and it was real bad for like seven years. But yeah, John, John Bernthal is, he will, he will get one of those like lifetime achievement awards for being fifth build. So I want to, I want to uh, 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 role play a situation with you. Okay. Uh, so there's going to be a few characters involved. We're just going to have to like play it as we go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so here's here's the setup. I'm calling. I'm 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 gonna call you as the casting director. You're Ben Collins. 
You've been I'm gonna cast look up as, the cast for this movie real quick, just for no, you're, good you're Ben Collins. You've been cast as Ken Miles' second driver in Le Mans. What a prestigious casting! Ken Miles' second driver, like the the guy that uh, like the relief driver, the the New Zealand guy or whatever. He has a name well, they, that I don't. It does it not say it on the? It's Hume. Oh yeah, Denny Hume. Ring ring. Hello. Uh, good night. <laughs> Hey, ben is Collins? this Ben Collins? Hey, Ben Collins. This is the casting director for the upcoming movie about Ken Miles' life. Okay. A biopic about Ken Miles, the 24-hour driver at Le Mans. We want you to play his relief driver. This is a huge role. Okay. I mean, this is going to be like, I mean, you know, it's all about the team. Everything is about the team. It's Carol Shelby. It's Ken Miles, Lee Iacocca, Leo BB, you know, Henry Ford, the second Enzo Ferrari. It's, I mean, it's about the team. This is going to be a great opportunity for you. What do you say? Yeah. All right. Sweet eyes. <laughs> great. Uh, ben, I'm going to send you over your copy of the script. It is just one page long. Uh, so if you could just go ahead and start working on those lines, that would be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, sounds great. I'll see you in France here in a couple months. All right. <laughs> and then he sends you the script, and it's it's one line. Okay, cool. I don't know <laughs> what you're getting at you, here, but... The only thing you say in the whole movie is, It's running hot, mate. It's, it's running hot. <laughs> it's, what is it? It's running boiling. The engine's boiling, I think is what he says. I just think it's so funny, this character, that he, uh, he like, exists in the movie as, like, this such an important role, like, the only person that lets Ken Miles take a break during the drive, and he says nothing. He is a non-character. Yeah, it's true. Um, so, the, this movie is, is shockingly accurate, um, compared to most sports movies, but this race is infinitely more complicated than they make it seem. It's how many laps can you do in 24 hours, right? Correct. Yeah. No, not, not the like, not the rules of the race. That's pretty straightforward. You get 24 hours from the time you run to your car and it's it, whoever gets the most laps. I mean, it's just like any other race. There's a, a metric for who wins at the end. Right. And this one is distance. Like technically, technically every other race basically is, is judged on time. Like who gets the shortest time. But right. like, you know, you, you usually know who wins because of the person that crosses the checkered line first. Right. Um, but like, so they make it seem like it was pretty much like, oh, we got two teams going on here. We got, you know, Ken Miles. And, and Bruce McLaren and then there's two Ferrari teams and in reality it's like there there's were four on each and then there's also all the other manufacturers wait no what what are you talking about I thought there was 14 I thought Ford had four cars no Ford had like 17 cars really yeah in in like four different divisions that were all racing at one time and Ferrari had like 18 Ferrari lost but also like Shelby Shelby American which is not Ford, they are racing cars made by Ford, had three cars. And then Holman Moody, who are like a Ford NASCAR racing team, had three cars. And then there were like four other teams that had their own Ford cars. Right. So like the idea that any of them is like racing for Ford is absurd because they're not. Like, I, mean, I mean, Holman Moody is, but Shelby American is not. And like, I think that they tried to portray that in that like, you know, oh, well, we don't want we don't want Ken to win. He's Shelby's guy. But like Bruce McLaren, who wins the race, was also Shelby's guy. Imagine getting the casting as Bruce McLaren. It's the same problem. It's like, oh, my God, I get to play Bruce McLaren. Hey, at least you know who Bruce McLaren is. Right? Yeah. He made McLaren. Yeah. The cars. I know the name Bob Bondurant. Probably only because of Jack Bondurant, the moonshiner. And then I just remember the name Bondurant. Yeah. But yeah. You, you know who Bruce, Bruce McLaren is. I mean, he like quit after this and was like, I'm going to go race Formula One for like five years and then start a Formula One team that still exists today, even though I'm super dead. Yeah. And I've been dead for like 50 years. I was dead before they named a car after me. I mean, Henry Ford is dead. I mean, yeah. The Deuce is dead. Do you think Do you think this is how the call went with Tracy Letts when he was getting cast as Henry Ford? No, I can tell. OK, you're you're Tracy Letts. OK, I'm I'm the casting director here for this. movie. OK, OK. Hi, um, my name's Mike Casting Director from Big Casting Productions. Um, 
Hey, Tracy, look, uh, Jeff Daniels, really, really busy. We need a guy that kind of looks hey, like Jeff Daniels. Hold on. The, hey, this is Tracy Lett, not Jeff Daniels. Yeah, no, no. I'm, hey, Tracy, I'm looking for a guy that looks almost exactly like Jeff Daniels, but like maybe a little pudgier. I, um, I've got the perfect guy for you. It's me, Tracy it's you, Lett. Yeah, so we're looking for you specifically because you look like <laughs> Jeff Daniels because we already blew the budget on Matt Damon and Christian Bale and 150 cars. Right, so, so you need me, Tracy Letts. We need to be you. Well, ideally, Jeff like, do you do you have the ability to convince Jeff Daniels to work for a quarter of what Jeff Daniels normally wants, or are you willing to work for a quarter <laughs> of what Jeff Daniels normally wants? I will do. I'll do the job, man. It took me until halfway through watching this movie this time, the second time I watched it, to realize that it was not Jeff Daniels. I was, I literally was watching it, and I was like, man, Jeff Daniels looks great. Yeah, he looks young. He looks young. Yeah. <laughs> You know what's funny is that uh, Tracy Letts is not nobody. Um, I mean, yeah, he is. <laughs> I mean, he was in Lady Bird, The Big Short, The Post. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I don't remember him in any, any of those movies, but... Probably because you were like, man, Jeff Daniels because I don't know what he looks like in yeah. this movie. <laughs> because when you look at a picture of him, he doesn't particularly look that much like Jeff Daniels. Do you think when uh, Christian Bale got the call for Vice... They were like, hey, we want someone to play Dick Cheney, but Jeff Daniels is busy right now. Christian Bale, can you Christian look Bale, like Jeff Daniels? Christian Bale, can you do it? <laughs> I mean, so Christian Bale, Christian Bale, uh, one of the greatest actors of our generation. Oh my God, yes. Like, I would, as I watched this movie, I was like, I'm so proud of him. I'm, he's it's so like you, you always hear about like because he had to put on so much weight to play Dick Cheney and then he's a right. twig of a man in this movie right and he's also like it is amazing how he goes from Bruce Wayne to this even oh, as yeah. like the skinny guy you know like Bruce Wayne presents rich presents cool presents powerful Ken Miles like can't stand up straight no no and, that's and, amazing. And He's one of the greatest facial expression actors to ever live. Yeah. And like, I, because of that, it's like, I know what Christian Bale looks like. I know what Christian Bale looks like at the top of my head. Anybody's like, hey, is that Christian Bale? I'll be like, yes, absolutely. I will be able to tell you whether Jeff or not Daniels. that is Jeff Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but, but also when I'm watching a Christian Bale movie, like I can look past it easily. Yeah. I'm like, that's not yeah. Christian Bale. That's, 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 that's Ken, Ken Miles. Miles. That's the way I feel. It's the same way I feel about DiCaprio. Like, I can just look past it. Yeah. I, I would say, I mean, if you if you had to put me toe-to-toe -to -toe Christian Bale and Leonardo DiCaprio, I'd give you Christian Bale every day. Christian Bale would have been nominated for an Oscar for this movie if they had cast anybody else as Carol Shelby. So what would Christian Bale have been going for? Supporting actor here? Because he's not supporting. He, it's about Ken Miles. Yeah, I think he would have been... The lead? I think they would have called it best lead actor, but I don't think they could decide. And that's why neither of them got an, a nomination. Because, like, Matt Damon also crushed it. So this is... Hold on. This is an important detail about the film. All of the marketing makes it look like Matt Damon is going to be playing Carol Shelby and Christian Bale is going to be playing the Ferrari driver. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's going to be this, like, weird... Like, because people who know the story know that, like, Ford went in, like, basically, Ford went in to try to buy Ferrari. Ferrari said no. Yeah. And then Ford built a car that could beat Ferrari. You know who told me and this story the first time? Who told you this the first time? Joe LaRocco. Joe LaRocco? I, Joe LaRocco, AP strikes me. He is, yeah. he is somewhere out there obsessed with Lee Iacocca, mm -hmm. which the, I, the, the irony of Lee Iacocca standing up there and going, Enzo Ferrari will go down into the greatest in history as the greatest car manufacturer of all time, the greatest car builder of all time. I'm like, no, Lee Iacocca, that's you. You invented the Mustang and the minivan. Yeah, but people know Ferrari's name. They don't know Lee Iacocca. No, but like everybody name. in their life has been touched by Lee Iacocca. Everybody. Yes. As somebody who's spent much of their car career in a minivan or, or right. Mustang. It was, like, it was like Chrysler Town and Country, my idea.
I, I invented the Ford Escort. I invented the Ford Pinto. I invented the Mustang. I invent. I, he obviously helped invent the the and, and the GT40 the and GT40. America into the forefront of international racing. Have you seen the and newest then, GT40? And then twenty years later, he's like, you know what? I'm tired of Ford. I'm gonna go save Chrysler. And then you know what? 2008. I'm I'm gonna die in four years. But you know what I'm gonna do before that? I'm gonna sell Chrysler to Fiat. What a bold move. He starts his career losing a sale on Ferrari to Fiat. Only to sell Chrysler to Fiat. Only to sell Chrysler to Fiat. So, I mean, Fiat, obviously, the greatest car manufacturer of all time. Because they own Ferrari. They own Ferrari. They own all of Chrysler Corporation. Chrysler gets a bad rep for their their daily drivers, but the trucks are great. The the work vans are the best, period. What? Chrysler work? Oh, the the Dodge. Right. The Ram Promaster. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I got lost there for a second. Yeah. Uh, And then they have the best... Uh, oh, not the best. I mean, the, the Germans have the best uh, roadsters, but Fiat is definitely competing in the roadster field. Fiat owns some German company. Hang on. Okay, let me rephrase. BMW has the greatest roadster. Uh, depends on what you call a roadster. Well, yeah, I mean, where does no, the, the greatest um, roadster is Alfa Romeo, right? Alfa Romeo is Fiat. Yeah, the the the, the one twenty four Spider Giulietta. Not- yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't think I ever want a car, but I do. I, yeah, Fiat owns Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo. I, f- I swear to God, Fiat owns a um a German company. But if it, this is a question of where I draw the line on Roadster, because if it qualifies, I'm giving it to the the 911, the Porsche. Oh man, that is a cool car. Yeah. Um, I don't know that you would call that a Roadster though. No, that's like a so a Porsche is fast, right? That's the difference here between the Fiat and the Miata and the and the Alfa Romeo is that like a Porsche is fast. No, the new Julia will absolutely go. Really. Yeah, the Al- Alphas the are crazy. C. The 4C is the car you're thinking of, not the 124 Spider. That's the Fiat. It's the Alfa Romeo 4C is the car. Uh, no, the, the 124 Spider was originally a, a an Alfa, like back in the 60s. Right, but you're thinking, like, you're, the the build they're building right now, the car that uh um the short guy likes from, from Top Gear, that's the Alfa Romeo 4C with the plastic windshield. The 4C is a new one. Yeah, I'm talking about new cars. I'm only ever talking about new cars. You said greatest roadster of all time. I'm sorry. I mean the greatest by today new roadster. Yeah, I'm talking about the Alfa Romeo Spider Giulietta. Anyway, uh, that's they 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 are owned by Fiat. Um, trying to figure out what else Fiat owns, but it is not an easy thing to find out. No, because it's 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 well branded, except with Dodge and Ram and uh, Chrysler. Here we go, Fiat Pretty- Chrysler automobiles. Ah, whatever. Screw it. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the Porsches. I, I like I, I still to this day. There's no car in the world I want more than any any year 911. No car you want more? Not a one. I do like. But I, I mean, I grew that's, up on cars, man. Cool like my uh, my dad had me underneath the truck when I was seven years old, like tightening up nuts on axles because I was small and could get under the car easily. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't need to jack it up at all. I could just crawl under there. But you didn't have any torque in your arms. That's the problem. You got to get the right wrench. Yeah. I had a torque wrench. So I knew what a torque I, wrench was when I was seven. I did not. But it turns out tools pretty simple to learn. Yeah. Usually. I um, like uh, pretty Shelby simple to learn, about. but I have never been able to put my hands on a 10 millimeter socket wrench when I needed it ever in my life because you just don't have one available or uh it's just like it's not i'll open up like a toolkit and it's just never there yeah i had to use a 10 millimeter socket wrench not too long ago to change out a windshield wiper motor 10 millimeter, a 10 millimeter is the 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 like the standardized for the um all of the nuts that are on guitars okay like the uh like the input jack thing and everything yeah that's mm-hmm. a 10 millimeter socket. And many times have I needed one when they've like come loose and I'm trying to plug my guitar in and the jack is like, oh, no, I'm in the I'm inside the guitar now. 
So uh, tell me, Ethan, why does that happen? Is that like, like, does, does Gibson make a nice enough guitar that that just doesn't happen? Or does that happen with every guitar? I think it happens with every bolt ever, pretty much. Okay. That if you, if you pull something in and out long enough, it's eventually just going to like unscrew itself little by little until it's loose. And then when it's loose, it's, there's, there's no going back. Like as soon as it gets a little bit loose, it's going to loosen itself. Right. But like if I buy a Paul Reed Smith guitar, all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, so I've never had to do it to like... my PRS for sure. Okay. <laughs> it's because you never play the PRS, do you? Actually, I don't know. How often um, does it come out of the case these days? Not that often. Do you? How many of your guitars are in your apartment? Uh, three at the moment. Oh my God, that's how many I have in my house. Yeah, I have an elect- one electric, one acoustic, and one bass. Oh, bass. Schlap it a bass, man. Yeah. Um, I have several at Michael's house. Does he just borrow your guitars or how does that work? No, they just stay there. They just never got moved when I moved away. Right. Which guitars are at your house? Do you have your Paul Reed Smith? At my apartment? Yeah. No. Is it at Michael's house? Uh, no, it's at my mom's house. Oh, I love that guitar. I do too. It needs uh, a piece repaired, actually. I have a guitar that needs new strings. While we're out, can you get me new strings? Are we out? <laughs> I didn't know we were out. I thought we were recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're while we're here. Can you go ahead and get me some Didarios? Some Didario acoustic or Didarios. electric? Uh, it's a hollow body electric guitar. Okay. But I like to play light strings. Does that matter? Or is that like, mm, not anymore, you don't? Um, No, I mean, that's fine. I play light strings. Okay. I play light strings in a drop tuning. I play whatever these strings are in Dadgad. Yeah, I play um, Ernie Ball regular slinkies. Okay, I'll play Ernie Ball. So you think I? You think I'm against Ernie Ball? No, I just I, I, you can play whatever you want. Didarios are fine. <laughs> I am bad at guitar, so it doesn't matter. Didario <laughs> has the great selling point of the color coded strings. That is a great patent. Yeah, that's super smart. Yeah, yeah. But they were like, hey, we're going to put different colors and nobody else can do it. But like once you play guitar for like a week, right? Then you're just like, no, right? No, no, absolutely not. Your finger cannot tell the difference when it's not strung up between the like the unwound strings. I, I, I can tell you the difference between an, an, an E string and a G string. I could not necessarily tell you the difference between B and G or E and B. Hmm. Like when they're not tensioned, you're looking at right. it because you're looking if it's out of the package, you're looking at it like, man, this could be. And, and they're all different gauges. It's like if you don't necessarily know what set they came from. Like if I see a guitar string lying around, I couldn't tell you which one it was. Really? Yeah. I mean, you could tell me like that's not a low E if it's I mean, probably. Yeah. But also low E's go anywhere from like 0. 0.42 to 0. 0.8. That is so wild. I'm learning so much right now. Yeah, some people like them to thick strings. Okay, Ethan, I okay, so I do want to, I do want to change, I do want to change. I have a uh, what's the opposite of toothpaste and orange juice? Like cupcakes? Yeah, I think we've decided we decided something for this a long time ago. We we're like, we're, what's a good thing? I, okay, so I have so this I is know, a good thing that is jelly. a bad thing. This is a yeah. This is a good thing that is actually a bad thing. Something that you okay. So you remember last week or maybe two weeks ago, we were talking about coffee shaming people. Yeah, I have a confession to make okay uh in the year of our lord 2020 you should get the the coffee that you want and you should drink it how you like it now ethan how do we rate beer like what is the best beer um i don't know god that's a big question no it's not the best beer is cold and free oh yeah okay sorry i thought i didn't know we were going for like a joke here i thought you were like what is the best beer well i was like man that's a tough conversation between like (laughs) is it too bitter does it have a nice flavor nice high alcohol (laughs) content uh, it is a uh, golden monkey sour monkey is the best. A beer. victory sour monkey. That's a up victory there for sure. Sour monkey goes down uh, like water. Yeah, like sour water. Uh, okay, no. So the best beer is like obviously free and cold beer, followed closely by free beer, followed closely by cold beer, followed closely by I don't know whatever you're feeling like. Yeah, <laughs> the perfect combination of of high alcohol content and and not too <laughs> right. bitter. Right.
Coffee does not rule the same way. Like free coffee is not better than no, coffee never, that you want. Hot coffee is not better than than everything <laughs> than, else. Than the coffee that you want. Because because like, if you're going like, so one step behind free is extremely cheap, right? right? So if you go for extremely cheap and hot, you're gonna get McDonald's McCafe black coffee. Okay, so I don't like McCafe, but I've recently learned about myself, and I'm really scared to admit this to you because I can already hear you like chewing me out. And if you're going to, I want you to. I I, I deserve it. I really like if you say Dunkin' Donuts, I'm I'm hanging up. No, I would not say that. That's disgusting. Although, if you get there, like, I want liquid sugar and a French villain coffee and three scoops of cream. Yeah, like, I mean, if you get any, like, like if you're like, can I get, like, a French vanilla iced coffee? And then they just give it to you, like, as it comes. That's pretty good. But it's the same deal, like, with, with Starbucks, where you're like, hi, let me get a, a caramel ribbon crunch frappuccino with an extra shot of espresso, please. Right. Turns out that's pretty delicious. And it's got whipped cream and caramel salt on it. It's awesome. I like, let me just say the whole thing oh before you chew me out. I like Nescafe instant coffee crystals. Yeah, a lot of people do. Really? So they make the whipped coffee with. Yeah, that's gross though. But like the Nescafe, when you when you put it in really hot water, it dissolves immediately, and it almost there's gonna be a weird description. Almost has like a nutty umami flavor to it. Yeah, instant coffee is not coffee, but it's also not like it's not always terrible. No, and and like if you put cream and sugar in it, you know what it tastes like? Hot cream and sugar, delicious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I've like. I recently, we, we were like packing, right? Because we're in the middle of a move. So yeah. I just bought like a, a jar of instant coffee because everything else is packed up. And uh, I am like, man, this is exactly what I want. Right. Every day. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't use instant coffee um, ever, but I'm also not going to like put you on blast for it. I'd rather you do that than drink Dunkin' Donuts, honestly. I did get Dunkin' literally today, um, but it wasn't just a black coffee. And again, obviously, obviously I'm talking about going to these places and being like, hi, let me get a hot black drip coffee, please. Right. Where do, okay, so where is it appropriate to get a hot black drip coffee? Um, Because it's not Dunkin', it's not Starbucks, it's not, it's not McDonald's. No. It's not Bojangles, uh, it's not Hardee's. No, it's not any food restaurant that sells food. (laughs) Have you ever gotten one from Taco Bell? (laughs) No, no. You know what I do if I get Taco Bell breakfast? I get a Baja Blast at like an 7.30 American. in the morning like a goddamn American. You know what I do if I go to Bojangles? I get a sweet tea. doesn't matter what time of day it is. It could be it could be 4 a.m., 4 p.m., 12 a.m., 12 p.m. I'm getting a sweet tea. People always talk about McDonald's having the best syrup ratio for their they sodas. Because they do. I just disagree. And no, so they don't have the, they, they do have the best Sprite ratio, okay? They do, and it's a fact. They do not uh, have the best Coke ratio that belongs firmly, firmly to Waffle House. Does it not blow your mind that nobody ever talks about soda syrup ratios? No, because it's a thing that's just left up to whoever's f-ing mixing the thing. It's just like, well, pour it in, I don't know. <laughs> it's like it never, never once have I opened a, especially, especially the cans, man. Have I opened a can of Coca-Cola and been like, Man, this hits the same way it does from a fast food restaurant. Absolutely never. I'm like, this is, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the beer on tap thing, right? Are you talking about how people prefer beer on tap? Yeah. Because it's better. Right. But you get a beer on tap and you're like, man, there's just something about this, man. And then you get home in the bottle and you're like, ah, man, there's not something about this. It's not the, it ain't this beer. It's that, that can, that, that tap system. So do you ever wonder, so this is the, the, the first introduction for me before sparkling water in cans, like before LaCroix's rise to fame, you could get Dasani in a can, like 
just tap water in a can. And it tasted like an aluminum can. It tasted like can. It tasted like can. I've Crazy. never had a Dasani can. You know what I have had? Monster Tour water. Which oh, is I've just, heard of this. It's it's the, what they used to give out of War Tour. And it's just canned yeah. water. It's water in a monster can. And they invented it so that they could have people on stage at Warp Tour drinking Monster without absolutely dying. Right. Because that would be the worst. Right. Yeah, you know, because because it's 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 Charlotte, North Carolina, in the end of July. It's 115 degrees with the humidity factor, and you're on stage drinking an OG Monster. You're gonna die. You're gonna pass out and die. OG Monster is the best monster. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I do want to. Um, oh man, I just lost. I had something to something to TP and OJ about. I just lost it. What were we talking about? Canned water. Water tastes like cans. Oh. You know what sucks? You know what makes a bad soda always? What? The freaking touchscreen Coke machines. Because they, because because there's no idiot mixing sucks. the syrup. It, it sucks. It's a computer mixing right. the syrup. Right. It's like cool. It's cool every now and then. I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna get a Coke with lime, and it's like cool and interesting for one thing. And I'm like, okay, this is just really limey. Okay, so uh, when Emily was pregnant, we had to go to the hospital a lot, and they have those in like the hospital cafe, and I'd always be like. Oh man, a Dr. Pepper vanilla. What a treat. And then I would eat my chicken nope, tenders nope. and be pissed at my beverage. Nope, it's too sweet. It's too sweet. Vanilla Coke, always is, vanilla Coke is too much and at least they mix it for you. Right. Um, uh, Orange vanilla Coke is an abomination that should not be allowed. I'm sorry. It just is like oh, when, I like when people, when people like talk it? about like all oh, stupid Americans and their, their fast food and their Coca-Cola and, and I drink an orange <laughs> vanilla Coke and I'm like stupid Americans and their Coca-Cola. <laughs> this is disgusting. Screw you, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Get- <laughs> no, dude. I, I can. I'll go through a drive-through and I'll be. I'll get my drink and I'll be like, mm, it's freaking. It's a freaking Coca-Cola Deluxe machine or whatever they call. There's a name for them. Coca-Cola something. I don't know. They're not as good. They're not Do as you ever good. Get ever. Mad? Here's here's my most frustrating thing about the stupid. F- coca-cola machines is you go in and you're like okay you have all of these different syrups and all of these different flavors why can i not get a cherry lime vanilla dr pepper i understand that that would be bad why are you why are you this is the opposite of the uh ice cream parlor problem where they like let me put gummy bears on peanut butter and let you make a mistake why let why won't you let me make this mistake? Why won't you let me be wrong about this? Just let me mix whatever stupid flavors I want. If I want Dr. Pepper Diet Coke, right, let me should. get it. Well, they let you do that. <laughs> I know. You just you, you just, just click Dr. Go. Pepper and then you click Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah, no, really, you should you should pick your base and then your flavors. <laughs> right. And you should get as many choices as you want. It should be as stupid as you want, and then just mix it for you. And do I get why? Yes. Obviously, but then you then go to you go to the world all of Coke. The hoses are going to taste terrible. You go to the world of Coke in Atlanta, Georgia, and they have all those crazy flavors, and they all suck. Every single one of them sucks. All of them. Every it's so like, oh, this is green apple Coke, and it tastes like barf. It's terrible. <laughs> it tastes like hell. And you're it like, this. Tastes- it, I can't read this. It's a Japanese. Oh, it tastes like prunes and death. Thank you. <laughs> it Coca-Cola. tastes like the river sticks itself. Yeah. Oh. Oh. The hell are God. we talking about? Oh, yeah. No, it's nowhere. So so where is acceptable to get a, a drip black coffee is any coffee shop that you are unsure of how many locations they have. OK, except with like the exception of like greater than 100. Uh, No, well, like that you feel like is is under a, a certain limit with the exception, maybe of definitely with the exception of Tim Hortons and maybe of caribou. I have not oh, had caribou coffee. Excellent. I love caribou coffee. I would die for a caribou coffee. In fact, they serve caribou coffee at Einstein Bagels. They have like a proprietary blend they serve there. Yeah. Maybe if I'm lying about this. There's a. Okay. There's a, I'm sorry. 
Uh, but it's very good. There's a Caribou Coffee outside Lexington for no reason. Are you talking about the one at the truck stop? Is it at a truck stop? So there's one at the, you, you get off the exit on I-81. I've never actually been north. to it. I just passed the the sign on 81 that's like Caribou Coffee. And I'm like, are you lost? No. Okay. So there's an exit you and I have been to together when you're taking 81 north. Not the church on the hill, but the one where you go down and there's a Happy's. Church uh, on the hill is it's on 64. You're right. It's right where 64 meets 81. So this is a different spot. Right where the Happy's uh, gas station is, there's like a gigantic truck stop. And inside, there's like a caribou coffee and a Burger it's King. It's gas station. It is like this little gas station, this rinky-dink gas station next to a truck stop. And their logo is like the like the Walmart logo from the 90s with the smiley face. Nah, it's Fuel City. That's way too far up. It's way above the car- caribou. Okay. Well, there's also a caribou there. There's not a sign for it. Well, it's inside. And okay. I but love it's way, caribou the caribou's coffee. way farther down toward Roanoke. Fuel City's the last exit before 64. Or the last, when like, you ca- think of Tim Hortons and when you think of caribou coffee, do you think about the fact that they also serve specialty drinks like obviously not like oh bro do i the the caramel ice cap from tim hortons is the best like frozen coffee beverage ever made ever by far i thought you were american i really did Uh, dude so did i until i went to canada last (laughs) year and spent a week in canada and it was amazing everything was awesome everything everyone was nice everyone Everyone was nice they had they had pbr that was 15 percent alcohol uh like sorry it was 11 percent. whatever they they had pbr that up they had PBR that was very high in alcohol. They had all dressed potato chips. They had Tim Hortons. They had poutine everywhere. It's the best place. Everybody's nice. The money is waterproof. American money is also waterproof, Ethan. Okay. It's cool, though. Canadian money is cool. <laughs> it's fun. It looks fun. It looks like Monopoly money, and it makes you feel happy when you pull it out of your pocket. Everything in Canada... Canada is a theme park, man. Everything in Canada is designed to make you just jazzed about being alive. Do you think it is? What about the fact that they have Canadian football and, like, no, but, hockey? But it is, though, because you talk to Canadians about it, and they're like, everything is dope. I love Tim Hortons. I love the maple candies you get at the gas station. I love 10% PBR. They're, and, like, everybody in America is just like, no, that's how it is in America. America's better than everybody else. And Canada it's just like look how great it is to exist okay i'm with you canada's sick dude canada's so sick i've never been to another place that loved existing as much as canada does well because like also think about this when you wake up on christmas in canada what's what's happening outside it's snowing it's snowing it's snowing i've never in my life had a white christmas ever that sucks never not once i'm about to i'm about to to fly on December 24th, about the flight to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Is that like a guaranteed, like, it's the like solstice a, is like the 25th a, it's there? It's like a ski town. Oh, man, I love ski towns. Or like towns. Vail, or, I don't know, Winnipeg? Sparks, Nevada. No, that's probably not a very cold place. Yeah, Sparks, Nevada, Marshall on Mars, probably not a very cold place. Uh, Winnipeg. You could go to Winnipeg. I just said Winnipeg. You could go to, I uh, just said Winnipeg. <laughs> I go to Calgary. I could probably, I don't know about Toronto. Toronto's, I don't think it's far enough south to guarantee, to guarantee snow. I just love snow. I miss snow. I actually, this is a crazy it snowed thing. snowed for four f- hours this year in roanoke four know, hours is garbage is garbage i actually it snowed for four hours and i traded in my car because i was upset and i got a more fuel efficient vehicle that's not true i drive a very big truck and i'm sorry yeah uh so this is a this is a thing this was in the news we're a talk show now welcome back to randy savage with tyler and ethan welcome back to bacon and eggs your breakfast drive time talk show <laughs> yeah welcome back to bacon and eggs wbne.org i'm tyler and i'm ethan uh, and, and this, this is, is Senorita by Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello. 
<laughs> I have I actually have a song question as well, as long as we're talking about music. Uh, I got to know if I'm hard or not. Uh, but I had a comment on what you were talking about. Winnipeg, snowing. I love the snow. I love everything about the snow. I bought a house on top of a mountain so that I could get snow. Mm, but that was none of what I was trying to say. So you remember that Ryan George skit where like we had him on a podcast and then he made an episode of his show about how podcasters would be like, let me just, let me just, let me just, let me just, if you don't mind, let me just. And then like he reposts that all the time. And listen, I love Ryan George. I don't think it was against us, but like it keeps me up at night. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, he's never once kept me up at night and it's not going to going forward. Ryan George was a delightful person to have on the show. He absolutely was. Ryan, if you're listening, I doubt it. But I think that you're excellent and you should keep up all the excellent work that you, you know, do. Which we should is have him fascinating. Back on. Hey, Ryan, now that you were talking, hey, we just opened this conversation. We opened this door. What do you say to come back on the show? We just like kicked the door open. Just like, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan George, get back in your podcast with us. We should have him on to talk about the Batman. The Batman. Because we had him on to talk That's about Batman about Begins. Last time. I, Christian Bale. Boom. Ford v. Ferrari. You said you I had a song question for me real quick. Okay, Ethan, am I hard? Here's my question. <laughs> I feel like when people talk about music, there is always like, like when high schoolers are like, yeah, I listen to this band, this band, and this band. They're like, oh, you don't listen to the Smiths and Tame Impala? You're not cool. And then the kid that listened to the Smiths and Tame Impala, they're like, oh, you don't listen to these obscure bands that literally nobody has ever heard of? You're not cool. Oh, you didn't know Tame Impala was one guy? It's like Owl City, but a thousand times better. So just it's like- not, It's not, though. Vanilla Twilight by Owl City is better than anything Tame Impala's ever done. <laughs> I'm glad you put that out there. Uh, If I like, okay, is, here's my problem. When I listen, when I was in high school and middle school, I would listen to like a lot of what I would now consider like screamo and like that kind of stuff. And then I would tell people about it and they'd be like, oh no, that's not screamo. It's not hard enough. It's not. (sighs) I mean, screamo is a very bad genre of music. And I learned this later on in life. It's just, it sucks. If you, if you look up what like actual screamo is, I don't even, I could tell you bands because it all sucks it's all bad nobody listens to it nobody likes it okay so this is not a screamo example but is this song hard or am i listening to soft music today in the car i put on holy diver by dio does that song go hard yeah absolutely so so a a hard is is a a completely different it is a newer word that people have used right and they'll say like oh bro that's hard but like but like things things that can be hard include your outfit right a pair of sunglasses. Oh, I, cha- I take it back. I didn't listen to the Dio version. I listened to the Kill Switch and Gage. Okay, yeah, version. absolutely. That song. That song f- extremely hard. <laughs> that song goes ham in the paint. Okay. They had, and I, I will send you this. Actually, you know what? You know what? You need to just go listen to. Uh, hang on. We're gonna we're gonna take a brief break. You got five minutes to add on to the end of your recording block here, Tyler. Because I, I I have I have the night. Cool, cool. Um, the I, night I, here 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 goes the night by Eve Six. I couldn't tell you that movie or that song. That is a that is a song. Here's to the night by I, Six. so that recently. Is, so the the guy that used to be the vocalist for uh, he was the second vocalist for Killswitch Engage. Howard not Howard Shore Howard Jones, the the extremely large operatic singing black guy, right? Yeah, very talented. Uh, yeah, he is no longer their their vocalist. Um, there was some weird thing where like, he quit because he thought he was going to die and then didn't die and they'd already, they'd regotten the first guy and he was just like, nah, I don't really want to come back. I'm going to send you a song by Killswitch Engage uh, that it features both vocalists at the same time that will just reignite your love for Killswitch Engage. This song called The Signal Fire, I just dropped it in the um, in the Zoom chat, is hard. So look, before I listen to this... I'll, I'll finish explaining cool, what hard is when you're done with this, but yeah, go for it. How cool of a name is Killswitch Engage? Yeah, awesome name. Awesome band. Killswitch... Uh, we'll, we'll talk, just listen to the song real quick, and then we can talk about Killswitch Engage and everything they've done. Oh, God. What's up? I'm listening. I knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the new lead singer reminds me a lot of uh, Beartooth. What'd you say? The new lead singer reminds me a lot of Beartooth. Caleb Shomo from Attack Attack. 
So, so okay, so I've, I've listened to the song. Yeah. I have a few questions. I want to say this is one thing big about music that frustrates me about talking about music with other people is it is very easy to pick out one detail that is not bad for any reason and just like say that yeah. like, oh, you like this? That makes you an idiot for right. liking this. Yeah. For example, watching this, I was like, oh, double bass. People will very often be like, oh, they suck, double bass. That's why. Yeah, I know a lot of drummers like that, but also a lot of people are like, they can't, you mean you can't fault anybody that's in Killswitch Engage. They're better musicians than you could ever hope to be. Like, so this is the great thing Adam, Adam I love about Killswitch Engage. Their guitar player, the one that was wearing the, the, the hat and, and the uh, um, Hawaiian shirt mm -hmm. is like one of the greatest guitar players ever. It could play circles around everybody. It's like in, in, in this song and all the songs the band make is, is like playing way under speed just to catch a bag. So, so, so here's my question. It's, a few comments on kill switching itch one i like double bass i don't think that makes me a loser it makes me not a drummer but that's fine. Uh, no, they're wrong double bass. It is used very badly in a lot of very... So this is why Killstreak Gage is different, but go on. Um, two, uh, all of their instruments look very small. I'll, I'll talk more about this in a minute, but three, this is very important. They genuinely look like they're having so much fun. Yeah. And four, this is an element of music that I think is incredibly important. And I don't... This is something that really draws me in, is musical fiction and musical comedy that, that music that draws from fantasy elements and from from comedy elements and music that is like fictional that is not necessarily autobiographical because so much of music is self-expression and and autobiographical so on the nose one thing i love about this is that it is like metaphorical like beyond the the pop metaphors not that i dislike like taylor swift or right. any of the good music right now but this like goes beyond what i think a lot of like this really embraces fiction yeah and, and i feel holy diver which is a song that like if you're like oh i should listen to kills which engage their cover of dio's holy diver like will give you words right yeah. you can yeah. understand the words to that song absolutely <laughs> uh what gives you clear diction in metal and that's one of the things i love about metal and, and why Tenacious D rises to the top for me in interest, because even though Cage and Jack Black are not the greatest guitar players, although Cage is very good. Yeah, so it's Jack but Black. Like they, they, right, they embrace the fiction, they embrace the comedy, and those are like those are elements that that so, draw me in so well. This was the trick with Killswitch Engage, right? There were a lot of bands like this in the late uh, the late two thousands and mid and late two thousands. Yeah. The late aughts, yeah. So so pop punk music and the like had the rug pulled out from under it way before these guys did, right? Where um, bands like you know you, you read about the two thousand five War Tour and like the the Offspring were making twenty thousand dollars a day and Fall Out Boy was making two thousand dollars a day while they both like fall, while Fall Out Boy had Dance Dance and Sugar were going down on the radio. So here's the thing that. Like from a like if you were to ask me from my musical perspective of like which artist do I think makes better music from like from an objective perspective, I would say a fallout boy makes more marketable music. The offspring makes better music. Oh, you're I mean, look, like what you like. Don't coffee shame. You're absolutely factually incorrect. Really? Fallout boy has fallout boy made six albums in a row before they had a, a bad song. No, I, I love fallout boy. Whoa, hold on. I just also love the offspring. I mean, same, but I, I could tell you the name of four songs I like by the offspring. I could tell you the name of 45 songs I like by Fall Out Boy. That's fair. I, I'm, not, um, I'm not arguing. Anyway, Both anyway, are, so a, if you love just, either one, you, you this have is good the, This is the example that Kevin Lyman pitched, though. So this, this is just what I'm using. You could say, I mean, it was, it was the same for Paramore. It was the same for My Chemical Romance. Like, they were the last... They didn't get in the way that Good Charlotte, Simple Plan, The Offspring, freaking... Um, you know, Real Big Fish and Less Than Jake did, where they were just like, okay, cool, here's a record contract for millions of dollars. Right. And Fall Out Boy came around, they were like... <sighs> 
I don't know, man, you're gonna have to like tour a lot. And like, we don't really pay, you know, guitar music this much money anymore. And, and Pete right. Wentz and a couple other people were like, no, 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 sorry, sorry. Screw that. We're, you, you, we, we, we demand money. And you like Universal Music Group was like, yeah, okay, cool. And then after well, that, it never by worked. Ramen is, right? It never worked again after that. No, that's not what Feel by Ramen is. Feel by Ramen was Pete Wentz being like, I'm going to give some people a chance. And he did. He did, and yeah. Um, and now Feel by Ramen has uh, 21 Pilots and Panic of the Disco. Um, right, so it doesn't count anymore. Panic of the Disco like, was a band that you could not have predicted the trajectory of at all. But uh, Who would have thought that like the best songwriter in the history of music leaving the band would be Brendan Urie's success? Uh, yeah, I mean, Brendan Urie literally was just like rewarded for sticking around long enough right um insulting insulting vices is a great album but nothing on pretty odd and nothing on fever you can't sweat yeah nothing. it's the same with death of bachelor and especially the new one um or too weird to live but anyway so this happened a lot later for these these bands that because kill switch engage definitely fell in with the like metalcore bands right like so they are this not, is metalcore that we're listening to now so so no it's not because kill switch engage was like hang on hang on hang on no we're a metal band and that is a very important distinction. If you play in a metalcore band, you work at Target and, and you know, drive around in a van. If you play in a metal band, the, the world is yours. Congratulations. You've won. But they do pop vocals. Between between screaming, they do like pop punk vocals. Uh, yeah. So I mean, a lot of metal bands. So a lot of metal bands. Also, dear listener, you have to listen to the Signifier by switching cage to like listen to this conversation. <laughs> um, but yeah. So they were just like they were like, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, Metallica, hang on, uh, 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 Avenged Sevenfold. We're with you guys. Got it. When the when the schism happened, we're with you guys, right? And then freaking August Burns Red and Ice Nine Kills were over there, like man. We're broke now. <laughs> this sucks. I'll tell you one thing. August Burns Red sucks. Ice Nine Kills. I would die for Spencer August, Charnas. August, I mean, uh, Ice Nine Kills sucks too. I understand that. They had, a couple, songs, they had a couple songs you like 15 years ago. I've listened to their newer stuff. I like how, so Spencer, I don't know if he writes the music. I couldn't tell you the first thing about what they do behind the scenes. But I like He's the that only they, member still. Really? I didn't, I have no idea. Spencer Charney, yeah, he's the only guy that's still in that band. But I, I appreciate how they embrace, like, they wrote an entire album about, like, songs you would read in English class. Yeah. And it's excellent. Like, yeah. So you, you have you have bands. So Ice Nine Kills, I'm not Ice Nine Kills, uh, Kills with Gage last on to bands like, yeah, like, uh, like Mastodon, who write, like. So where does, like, Five Finger Death Punch fall in? Five Finger Death Punch is technically a metal band. They they are their own sort of, like, people have started referring to them as military metal. So that's that was my fear with Kill Switch Engage, is you were going to be like, oh, that's. No. That's military metal. That's manufactured. No, Kill Switch gauge is like they're they're rich now <laughs> those dudes won they can do whatever they want they don't have to they don't have to have second jobs they're sitting around just making money they're just getting record sales they'll just they'll wait for the next tour to come out they tour in buses somebody buys them buses that's cool like those guys just won it's the same with you know all these like um like bring me the horizon if you're if you're uh if you you know i saw bring me the horizon on the glamour kill stage at warp tour in 2008 and now ollie sykes can't go outside when he's at home in england He's like Justin Bieber famous. That's insane. Yeah. And they write pop music now, like full on pop music. Um, They used to be a full like deathcore band. They had a record called Suicide Season. I mean, you you had a record called Survivor's Guild. Yeah, we don't play deathcore. And then a follow up record called Happy Again. Anyway, so yeah, metalcore <laughs> bands are, are, are different um, in ways that I can't exactly describe. People tell me that they sound different from Killswitch Engage, but I don't believe them. Uh, usually they're just less talented. So where does like, is it Beartooth? Is that the band that I've been listening to songs from? Yeah. Are they metalcore or are they metal? So they are. 
because they look to be like like when i look at these kill switch engage guys they look like 40 year old dudes that like were able to find a way to keep having mohawks being cool into their 40s right so caleb shomo is um like 23 or 24 is that the bear tooth guy maybe maybe a little bit older than that he's he's younger than us yeah um he was 14 maybe he no he might not be younger than us hang on he's we're the old dude guy. uh he but if you, you look at if you, you watch the video actually, for their get, life get this get this he is exactly as old as you are he's my birthday yeah your birthday twin look at that um so if you watch their video for that song that's famous the one that's uh you're gonna have a different idea of what song is famous than i do as far as bear tooth goes the, the one that i know in between yeah that, uh, that, so that that's the one that made it onto tiktok i'm guessing yeah that's that's how where i heard about them if you watch that video these guys look like they're in their 40s and it actually made me like them less. so a bunch of them are a bunch th- th- this is so there is no th- bear tooth is um is tame impala it's just caleb shomo he does he's just Caleb At least Shomo for the first two records, artists. he did. He played guitar, he played bass, he played drums, he sang everything. He wrote all the songs by himself and hired two of the dudes from a band called City Lights to be in there. And like a bunch of old, washed up guys whose bands were falling apart. And he used to be in a band called Attack Attack. Okay, I've heard of that. He was 14 when he joined on to play Keys in Attack Attack. And then Arthur Carlisle oh. left and formed a Mice and Men and just like left them there. And Caleb Shomo was like, well, time to have my second successful music career. I mean, this is a great record. The first Beartooth album? I don't know. Beartooth, the song in between. Yeah, um, I like Beartooth. I, I absolutely like Beartooth. They uh, opened for A Day to Remember on the last tour that like happened before everything went up. That is very cool. A Day to Remember. What is A Day to Remember? They're A Day to Remember, right? They They're A Day to Remember, yeah. They, they, they um, got out of the worst record deal of all time and then self-published an album and then, and then like, won. signed on. To, yeah, and just won. Won the industry. Um, I remember, man, for some reason, I didn't. I was too broke to go, but uh, A Day to Remember played the house party tour at uh, the TED Arena at, at, at ODU with freaking the Wonder Years all-time low and Pierce the Veil. And God, I, didn't I would go. never be too poor. Yeah. That's that's when the credit card gets busted out. Yeah. Uh, Pierce the Veil is a band you would like, by the way. I believe it. I actually, I just, because of podcasting, because of audiobooks, like I'm really, really trying to dig into like new fantasy, new to me fantasy, and I've I've really been enjoying that. Uh, and that has been my like obsession recently. Yeah. But finding music that that hits those notes as well has been very satisfying. But I I do want to circle back to Ford. Yeah, v let's Ferrari. get back to Ford versus Ferrari. Um, I want to talk about what this movie means to me and and how this first viewing because yeah, we we joked about earlier, but like I, what okay, did so, you actually think about this movie? So in tw- this is a one hundred percent. Yeah, you have to watch, this, especially if you want to talk to me. You have to watch this. Um, this is, I know we've talked about this a lot in year three on Bacon and Eggs, how this is like my new favorite movie. And I don't think Ford v. Ferrari is my new favorite movie by any stretch, but this was definitely a unique experience where I would sit down and watch a movie and be like, I like this as much as I like Forrest Gump. Right. Like immediately. This was the first one in, in in a minute where I, I watched it and I was like, might have to reevaluate that top 10 list. I don't know that it would make any sort of top 10 list, but this is the kind of movie that like, I don't either. When I think about movies that I would rewatch frequently which yeah. by the way if you do not own this movie it's 7.99 on itunes just get it it paid i paid 25 dollars on itunes it is 7.99 on itunes i bought it last night on emily's account because she has the ipad pro so now i don't even have it on my ipad i have to watch it on hers uh it's 7.99 for purchase right now you should absolutely get it this is one of the first movies I've watched in a long time where like a lot of the things I've said are my new favorite movie are like Onward, which I love, 
by the way. We just stick that right in there. Still Stan. Um, but one of the things I love about this is the kind of movie that I could watch over and over again. And like I could get to the point where I could like chew gum along with Matt Damon as he's yeah. delivering lines. Yeah. Like I don't like when they talk about what movie could you watch for 24 hours? I could watch this for 24 hours. Easy. So, yeah, I didn't think about Forrest Gump. I literally thought about like, I like this as much as Ocean's 11. I thought about I thought about Ocean's 11. So Forrest Gump didn't come to mind, but I thought about Without Limits which I, I know you haven't seen. So I was trying to think of what's like a sort of biopic style film that you would have seen. I, yeah, that's fair. See, I didn't, I don't look at it as a biopic. This is a sports movie to me. This this is in the same category as Remember the Titans. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I was going to say, yeah. Um, yeah, but like better. On, on, it, it, but that's the, that's the weird thing is like, because on one hand, it is not in any way better than Remember the Titans. Like Remember the Titans hits so much harder. Well, okay, so here's what comes down to Remember the Titans that this doesn't have. One, I care about race, race relations. Two, I care about Virginia, especially high school football, which has a like near and dear place to my heart. Three, remember the Titans was there for me growing up. It was like, oddly enough, the first movie where I was like, I see myself in these characters. Right. Because where they lived, not because like I feel like Gary Bertier in any way. Right. Uh, so like it's got a lot going on. Yeah, for remember it. the Titans had an, an active role in making me a better person without me knowing it. Yes. It was one of those things that just like normalized black people existing in spaces around me without any attention needing to be brought to it in a way that I didn't realize until later on in life. Like, I don't yes. I don't think I learned anything from this movie necessarily. I learned who Ken Miles was, which is like, would have been super valuable if this movie didn't come out. I could tell people the story of Ford versus Ferrari. Right. And talk about the great driver, but now people know. <laughs> now people know, yeah. You're never going to get your chance to be a Lin-Manuel Miranda with this this story. I know, man. Uh, but I, I like, so when you buy a Mustang, somebody sits you down and tells you this story. It's what happens. Yeah. Uh, it's like part of the process yeah, is like you fill out the paperwork. And the Mustang is like, one of the so, last great American cars, right? I mean, that's, that's, it yeah, never went away. I mean, you could buy a GT, but they're $90,000. I think they're more you than buy that. A Mustang for, you can buy a used Mustang, you can buy a 20, you can buy a 2019 Mustang today as an EcoBooster V6, which I, listen, I get it. I hear you, whatever, shut up. Up. My 2019 Mustang today for under 20, 20 grand. Yeah. Almost definitely. But they never, so the Mustang never went away. Now they were bad years for sure. They made Mustangs in the 80s that they shouldn't have. And they made Mustangs in the 90s. They shouldn't have. And it was a very bad car for a very long time. The current Mustang is sweet. But the current Mustang is sick. Much in the way that like the, the Camaro and the Challenger and the Charger are. Yeah. I was, I've been looking at American cars but recently, probably because we just watched this movie. They're all cool. The Camaro and the Challenger and the Charger all had the advantage of dying off for a while. Yes. And they were brought back. And they were cool when they were brought back. It was the same with like the Dodge Dart. Like the Dodge Dart sucked then and now. But they were but like, oh, we're bringing cool. back, bringing back the Dodge Dart. People always hate on Dodge, man, because they're like cop cars. But those are cool cars. I mean, yes, but I and this is the same with almost all of the American muscle, maybe with the exception of the Camaro. It's like I would rather have a 1967 Challenger than I would a 2017 Challenger. Yeah. I same mean, with the Mustang. Same with the Dart. Same with the Charger. I didn't make the Charger in 67, but... But I would also own a 2020 Charger. Yeah, same. If somebody was like, here's... If somebody gave me a grant for buying a car, a full-size sedan, I would probably end up with a Charger if it was enough money to buy a Charger. See, that's what I... That's the thing that bothers me. So there's things that bother me about the Mustang, like the fact that it comes in EcoBoost. You can get it in a four-cylinder, right? Like, you, if you want the Challenger, it comes the in... four-cylinder over 300 horsepower. Does it doesn't matter. It's a four-cylinder. The Mustang should never come in a four-cylinder. I loved my Mustang. It was awesome. Although the Mustang was always supposed to be smaller and cuter and, and lighter. Um, it, it relied a lot on Steve McQueen to make it into the badass beast that it is today. It wasn't supposed to be the Challenger, and it definitely like Camaro tries to look like a Challenger. The Mustang is supposed to look like 
a roadster. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Mustang is the only one that sort of looks like it used to. I mean, I guess the Charger does. The, I mean, the Challenger does. But yeah, um, the Challenger is a very old school aesthetic and I like it. But like you can only also, get a Challenger in Hemi V8, right? Like that's all it comes mine, to. Mine was a convertible. Like, yeah, it was supposed to be fast and whippy and um, taking out country roads. It wasn't supposed to be. A but like the fact car. that you can the fact that you can be like, oh, I'm going to go for a full size sedan. I'm going to get a Dodge Charger. It just it, that takes so much of the balls off of it. It's like it's not supposed to be a full size sedan. It's supposed to be a Dodge Charger. It's the General yeah, Lee, you, man. Like it's Dukes of Hazard. I thought Dukes of Hazard drove a Challenger. Nah, this is a '69 Charger. Oh well, you learn something new every day. It's got four doors. You can put a you can put a criminal in the back seat. I mean, it didn't have to for. be. They weren't always four doors. They made a two door version. They are for now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but no, yeah. When they made Deuce Hazard, they used to just fly around in a helicopter and look for orange ones and look not even necessarily orange ones, just any of them they That's could so find. Funny. Yeah. Steve McQueen drove a Mustang bullet a and made the Mustang very cool. I'd get another Mustang. I think. I think when my kids go to college, I will probably end up with another Mustang or a MX-5. Yeah, I mean, I would drive like a like a like a 302 Mustang mach 1 from the late 60s i would love that yeah obviously ethan but i'm talking about like when i go to the dealership to buy a new car and i deal with a new car salesman right but that's what you're thinking about that's not what i'm thinking about i don't want a classic car i do unless it's like this is like properly maintained i have very little interest in classic cars well that's a lot on you to properly maintain it that you're you're part of that equation tyler that's part of the fun of a classic car i get that i would so if i was to buy a classic car today i would probably end up with like an mg midget interesting choice they're cheap they're super easy to maintain there's parts everywhere it's a great starter classic car and it's cool looking but if i had no budget yeah give me james bond's car what was it uh Alf, an aston martin, Alpha, aston martin, aston martin db5 martin, yeah db5 yeah give me that one give me the one from the movie try about mgb or mgb gt if i was getting mg i have all sorts of stuff cars are cool you know what i wouldn't want as a classic a mini i just get a new mini they're yeah. freaking awesome yeah i wouldn't want one of the old ones it's a z3 or z4 roadster smaller and lighter how could you how could it be better well they used to suck before bmw made them i mean they won races before bmw made them uh yeah but as like a consumer car they sucked a lot like the mustang yeah. actually mustang sucked for a long time i'd drive a classic mustang the mustangs from this movie i would drive the crap out of that yeah same that'd be sweet i mean i would drive a ford gt40 <laughs> i would drive a ford gt40 I would have a Mustang in my garage that I don't even drive. I just rub with a diaper, okay? What color? There's a white one in this movie. I like the white. Um, I've never been huge on, like, unless it's a Ferrari, I'm not interested in red. Ah, uh, Mustang. The Mustangs were very cool in red. They had a good red for those, though. It's like a bright one, like a very bright red. It was very good. I'm, I'm with that. My Mustang was in dark blue. I love that. Uh, but I think if I was to buy another one like the one I had, I wouldn't go blue again i i really so i before we bought it we rented one in like a maroon i loved that i like a uh i'm a big fan of like a like a green one green mustang like a dark green, i like the green british racing green i like uh do you, what would you do stripes um you know i'll tell you like the like the center stripe or racing stripes oh uh, i don't know it's a good question not sure you could do stripes on your uh celica I could. I'm going to get painted. You do have to get it painted. That's not even like a, I could get it painted. Like, I'm telling you. Yeah. If I'm if I'm you ever going to drive it again, I need to get it painted. <laughs> um, I would, I, legitimately, I would drive a green mini with the British, British flag on the roof. I, I would do it. The Union Jack? Yeah, I would do it. So tell me about Ford v. Ferrari. What are the stories did you know? What, what did you learn watching this film? And what did you think of the kid? Those are my two big questions here. Uh, the kid was cool. Better than most kids. Better, it's better, I'd say, than your average kid. Timothy Chalamet. It is not a young Timothy Chalamet. He looked like Timothy Chalamet and 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 uh, Haley Steinfeld <laughs> as a young child. <laughs> 
Um, no, he was cool. He was a good. He was a good kid. Uh, it's no Iron Man three, but it's a good kid. I just, I just better than Iron Man three. Nah, I like the kid in Iron Man three. We should. I know that we're not allowed to re-review movies, and you're gonna like hate me for suggesting the MCU. But there are certain MCU films that I think we could pop back into the DVD player. There's just none that I want to cover again. The proverbial DVD player. We we did them all, man. We did them all for so long. But it's been over for so long. I'm so. I, uh, I'm ready to, to dive back in. I'm not. We're not doing the whole MCU again. Not happening. Not the whole thing. No, but there's like like somebody the other day on the Facebook group, which by the way, we have a free Facebook group. Somebody on the Facebook group was like, Tyler's opinion on Iron Man 3 was wrong. It's like, well, shoot, we better re-review it. That was the one where you and I got like in an actual argument about the movie. We did that a few times early on. That was the one that stood out. That was the one where like, I didn't like you afterward. I don't think you like me now. Eh, you're all right, I guess. Okay. Well, I'm kidding. I like you. I love you, actually. I you're love my you best too, friend. buddy. Um, so this movie, yeah, I, I didn't know a whole lot of the... I mean, obviously, I didn't know who Ken Miles was. I probably couldn't have told you who Bruce McLaren was. Um, no, I didn't know that. And it, we, we, I could even be wrong about him being, like, the guy. No, he is the guy. Okay. I, I researched that. Okay. So I was I like, I wonder if it's the idiot. same guy. It's a weird, weird coincidence for him not be the same guy. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I mean, I learned enough of some of it from Top Gear, mm-hmm. especially when Jeremy bought the GT, like the new one. Right. Um, And like, I I know it's sort of just the way car people know the story. It's like, oh man, the time that time that Ford beat Ferrari at Le Mans. Because it's like, it's the, it's the oldest road race. I mean, the oldest race in, in the world. Like it, it is a special thing. Yeah. But it's also like not something you can follow in any capacity. Like there's not really a season around it. It's just like no, a dick swinging competition happens. for car manufacturers. Right. It's like the Tour de France, but with less, I mean, with an Im- immense amount of skill, but like a yeah. different kind of skill. Different kind of skill. Yeah. Um, But it's such a cool story, man. It's like it's one of those moments because it doesn't it doesn't lean too much on the like uh, pride of America thing to to like make it awkward in these uncertain times. <laughs> Um, it could have been like way more about like World War II and screw the Italians and screw the Germans and all that. Like, and it just wasn't, it was like, there was definitely undertones of that. And there's probably, you know, a lot to Ken Miles, like hating Germans and Italians. Um, but at the same time, like it's a really cool moment when, you know, he doesn't win the race, but Enzo Ferrari tips his cap to him and that's all he needs. Right. He also does win the race, right? He sets right. three lap he records get the, in He doesn't one. get the, the, the trophy. He doesn't get his name in the book. Although there is the picture of him and, and McLaren both holding the trophy because, Bruce knew it was up. Right. Um, and also, apparently, like, apparently in real life, uh, Ken Miles like actually let him win. So I, yeah, I didn't know anything about the photo finish because uh, they didn't, didn't show either. the photo. So I was like, okay, so that was fabricated. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in reality, um, the idea was for them to, to line up together. It was just the two of them though. It wasn't, it wasn't three cars. It was just the two of them. Um, and the idea was, it was Ken Miles was, was a couple laps ahead and slowed down, let McLaren catch up. And then at the very last second, like let off the gas and let McLaren win it. Okay. Cause he was so pissed off about um what ford was doing and also i i imagine just assumed he was going to be able to go back the next year and win for real right but it's 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 so not about ken miles winning right it's about ken miles building the greatest car right and he even said you know you promised me the drive you didn't promise me the win right and he he beats ferrari i mean although if you're gonna go ahead and fabricate it like i feel like like if you're gonna fabricate the ending as as much as they did which is not a lot but still enough like make it seem harder (laughs) Yeah, I felt like... Like, the the Ferraris were out early. Ken Miles drives like a superhero. Yeah, he drives the way I play racing video games, which is, like, because I've been playing uh, Formula One, the video game, recently, mm-hmm. and my, my pit crew chief in that game will always be like, you're going too hard, you got to back off the car, the car's not going to withstand this, and I'm like, actually it is! off <laughs> i'm like i'm hammered down around the corner just like blood shredding tires right and they're like you can't you can't drive like this and i'm like actually i've won all the two races all season so, so I, I can drive like this 
the greatest driver of all times. Right. Um, I was looking something up. But yeah, it's like the the, the, the two drivers from Ferrari they mentioned, uh, Bandini and Scarfiati, uh, were just out really early. Also, they left. Th- there was a third driver that was actually driving for Ferrari, and that was Mario Andretti. No way. Yeah. He was like the third guy for Ferrari. They were just like, eh, not in the movie. It's fine. Yeah. The next year, yeah. he's like, I'm going to go invent IndyCar. Is that who invents IndyCar? I don't know anything about He doesn't, about Mario but he's, like, he's won the Indy 500 more than like anybody alive. Oh, I thought he drove NASCAR. Oh, he did. He did. did. He was the first one to do the um the thing where you, you drive the Indy 500 and then fly to Charlotte and drive the Coke 600 That's in insane. the same day. That's insane. Yeah. Did he win? No. Oh, I don't know. No. You're, you, you drive 500 miles and win the Indy 500. You're gassed i believe it yes yeah, so get in a car experience. and drive another 600 miles no nobody's ever won I if tony- i get on a plane from indianapolis to charlotte i'm gassed yeah i think tony stewart got the closest of anybody like highest overall position between the two yeah i want to talk big board we've we've listener we, we heard your talkings we actually have a really exciting promotion or not promotion proposal for the uh big board in year th- yeah we got some details to work out still though there's some details to work out i'm not going to tell you what it is but we might be coming all over the board man so year four is going to be a year of new a year of of doing some different stuff we got some different ideas things uh so let me let me take you right to the top of the list i'm going to start at number eight here well so here's we've covered a bunch of movies from this year's oscar season right um Hmm. I'm going to be real with you. This is better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, so I was starting... That's number nine. I was starting at number eight. Is this better than Little Women? Oh, yeah. I forgot that was right there, too. Um, Yeah. Hidden Figures. Okay. Before we before we put a number on it, okay, I do want to say something. Yeah. This movie is objectively less good and definitely objectively less important than Parasite. I wouldn't put it better than Parasite. But I, I like it. it better than Parasite. So you would put it in the Whiplash Social Network? I don't think we... Could, I don't think we should, and I don't think I want to. So the top three right now, Whiplash being number one feels so right to me. I I've very little belief that something. Yeah, will pass I don't. That. I don't want to end the year any other way. Social like, network I, being I number two. I consider trying to bring in some kind of big right gun to, to like maybe bust that one out. But we'd have to we'd have to find a movie that clicked so hard between the both of us that like I don't know that you, that- you got to think like. What movie is going to resonate more with musicians and like people with heavy jazz interest who also love Damien Chazelle films? Like, I just don't think anything's going to compete with Whiplash. No, I don't. And I don't I don't think I want it to. So I, I would say I like this better than Hidden Figures. Klaus? Uh, yeah. Knives Out. Man, I know you think so. I know you do. I was I was going to say yes. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say yes to Knives Out, no to Star Wars 9. Oh, man, I like this better than Star Wars 9 for sure. I forgot that was still up there. Because I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I've been sitting around for, and and not that I'm making a case for this necessarily over Knives Out, I do just want to talk about it for a second. I have made this case for several movies, and and I have been wanting to rewatch Ford v. Ferrari since the day I saw it. And at no Mm -hmm. point have I been like, ah, man, I should really rewatch Rise of Skywalker. Not yet. Not yet has that ever hit me. me. Let me gift your conscience. Put on Rise of Skywalker. Just do it i mean i might and i know you haven't had the desire to rewatch it but right i think you will be pleasantly surprised with how much emotional investment you get out yeah of it. I, I don't think there's gonna be a world where i turn into one of those like oh rose is bad way to end the series people at least not this close to it um i think that once i get five years removed and go to like watch all of them again i might be like eh, that was an interesting choice um, but right now, yeah, I don't think there's any way I'm going to like knock Rise Skywalker out. It's just like, it has, there's no rewatch value in it for me right now. Like I, it, thinking about it, it's just like, mm, I could do something else. What's interesting to me when I rewatch Rise of Skywalker is being like the youngest of three and being like at the age when the prequels came out, I have such little attachment to Luke, Leia and Han and, um, Billy D. Williams. Oh my God. Lando Calrissian. Lando. 
Lando Calrissian. Uh, that like when I watch Rise of Skywalker, I get emotional when I see Ray, and I like I should get emotional when I see Leia, but I just like I'm like, yep, that's Leia. I didn't get emotional when I saw Luke or Leia. I got emotional when I saw Han because that's Harrison Ford, man. That's 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 Indiana Jones. That's it's Harrison Ford is the fugitive. You don't you don't get excited about uh the Joker, the, the Joker Hamill? from the the animated series that I've never watched yet. Not really. You don't get excited for the for the girl that hunts down the Blues Brothers. Um, not in the same way I would for Harrison Ford. Because <laughs> Carrie, like, get... Carrie Fisher's in the Blues Brothers is a meme, right? Like, Right, yeah. But I get so excited about Ray and Finn and Poe anytime they're on screen. Uh, I, and, and, and Ben Solo. I love yeah, those characters. same. But also same for, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I love Obi-Wan Kenobi, but more because of the prequels than because of the... Oh, definitely. OT. Yeah, no, not at all because of A New Hope. Right. Um, so I'm going to say... So, since you would say no, I mean, yes to Knives Out and no to Skywalker, and I would say yes to Skywalker, Skywalker and no to Knives Out, I think we just put it below both of them. So be- above Klaus, below Knives Out? Yeah. Okay, I'm fine with that. Because uh, above Rise of Skywalker the... is Parasite, Social Network, Whiplash, right? Yeah, that's that's the um, echelon. That being said, I just want to go back to what a gift the uh, the 2019 Oscar season was. Such good films. Such good films. And then this year is just going to be a total cluster F uh sonic for all awards was that this year i don't even know um ladies and gentlemen if you i do want to make a a plea real quick if you live in america um do not reward film companies for opening theaters please god do not reward film companies for opening theaters right now do not go see as much as i hate it much as i hate to say it do not go see tenet do not go see bill and ted face the music Absolutely do not. Those are both opening Friday. Don't do it. It's not worth it. So we will only be covering movies that are... If we do a new film, it will be only things that are streamable from release day, uh, which I think the next one is Mulan. And we have had requests from specific guests to come to speak on Mulan. We have. Yes. That is news Um, to Ethan. So yeah, we'll cover it. I will gripe about it loudly about the price, but we will cover it. That comes out next week, two weeks it's it's soon the fourth i think yeah uh anyway yeah bill ted face music comes out friday don't go see it i know we advocated for it because i didn't think it was going to come out when it was supposed to but do not go see it go music. direct to streaming i don't understand why it wouldn't this is such a direct to streaming film and actually that might be it might be going direct to streaming i'm not sure i know tenet is they're opening theaters to, to show tenet and i'm not okay with that no do not go to th- i'm not going to encourage our listeners to go to a theater yeah we will not cover movies that are only in theaters until the thing is over and if you live in a country where you can safely go to a theater now um still be That's careful awesome. i don't get to see tenet <laughs> yeah still be careful um i know i know people are having problems with things opening and then that, that were previously good and then going bad again so i this is mostly for americans which is the bulk of our audience but we do love you norway but it is also the country in which for the most of the movies, specifically the movies I'm talking about, are the driving force behind movies coming out. Um, you know, we, we see more movies than anybody else, with the exception of China. Right. Just by sheer population numbers. Um, and so we have companies that are now like, well, you know what? Screw it. We're going to put movies out. If theaters are willing to reopen, we're going to put movies out. I get an email from AMC every single day that's like, hey, come to our theaters. We're about to go bankrupt. Yeah. 50 cent movie days. 50 cent movie days uh, with the, uh, you know, but I don't need a 50 cent movie day. You know why? Because I'm not allowed to cancel AMC A-list. Really? They won't let me do it. They won't let me do it. Sorry about that. Just keeps charging. Regal was like, yeah, we're, we're just not going to charge you for until you want us to. And I was like, thank you, Regal. Um, on a, on a bacon and eggs note, Tyler, I, I'm going to, I want to peel the curtain back here for a second. And I want sure. you, you can tell me and, and I will cut this out if, if you think this is necessary. Um, but I want to peel the curtain back. Bacon and eggs has been listened to very nearly half a million times. Yes. 
Tyler, did you know that we are approximately uh, a little bit under 40,000 downloads away from hitting half a million downloads? I did know that. I've been actually watching it pretty closely. Did you know that our third year of podcasting ends in exactly 40 days? Oh, I did not know that. Listeners, we've done this before, but I would love to get Bacon and Eggs to half a million downloads on October 5th. Help us out. If you got it in you, tell a friend, and I know I've said this before, I know I've said it a million times, but tell somebody to listen to the show. We need to average a thousand listens a day for the next 40 days. Tell a friend, tell your family member, help us out. It's a meaningless milestone that would make Tyler and I very happy. It would. It would be very cool. And if you're already listening, thank you, which you already are. I know you are because you're listening to me say this right now, but if you're listening, thank you so much for listening. Just tell a friend... Tell a family member, tell your cat, tell your dog, tell your doctor. Telephone. Telephone. Tweet about it. Tweet about the show. Review the show. Do whatever you can do to help us get on the charts and notice right now. Here's here's what I've noticed, Ethan, is I think some people think that, and I'm I'm just going to, I'm going to peel it all the way back. I think some people think that because of Ben and Jonathan or because of even half a million being like a large number. That this show is just like naturally growing and they don't need to talk about it and that we don't need their help or that they don't feel like they can do enough or they don't feel like they can do much. You can you can impact our lives in such an incredible way. And telling a friend about the show, telling a friend about if, if we've ever made you laugh or if we've ever helped pull you through something or anything like that, we would love to share that experience with as many people as possible. This show has helped me through so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be the person I am today no. without bacon and eggs. And the more people that we can share this experience with, the more the, the longer we can do this and the longer we can have this existence. And if you feel like you don't know enough people or you only have you know, 20 Twitter followers or whatever it is, you have no idea the impact you can have if you the have, value of your recommendation. If you have 20 Twitter followers, that means you have 20 people that want to hear what you have to say. Okay? Yeah. Tell those people. And that's value. That's value we can't get out of people that have 10,000 Twitter followers. Right. They don't connect individually with people. Right. You, have, you have a community. You have a... I know. I notice who likes my tweets when I tweet. I have a bunch of Twitter followers, not 10,000, but I have a fair few Twitter followers. And I, I notice when who likes my tweets every time. I have the same four or five people who are the first person to like my tweet every time I tweet. And I notice that. I don't have notifications on, but I notice that. I'll go in five seconds after a tweet is posted and it's got, you know, it's it's requisite five likes from these five people. And I'm like, thank you, first like crew. You're my heroes. You make me smile. They're my daily. heroes too. What'd you say? They're my heroes too. So just, you know, we've never really done this before. Just help us out. Help us get to this meaningless milestone that we want to hit before the end of our third year of podcasting. And I mean, we're going to do a fourth year regardless, but we will make sure that we pay you back in the fourth year. So thank you. Thank you for listening. And thank you even more for shoving it down other people's throats until they listen. We told some funny jokes in this episode. This I thought good this episode. was a good one. This, yeah, I thought this some, was a good one. Sometimes we log off and I'm like, ah, man, I don't know. I don't. And then, and then I get into editing and I'm like, oh, that was a good one. This one, this was a good one. I made me laugh. We did talk about the signal fire by Killswitch Engage there in the minute. There's a link, there's a link in the description for that music video. It's just a bunch of dudes in a warehouse playing metal. Which I know you love. I know you listen to this and show. And if you're like, I don't listen our... to metal music, it's like, it's like weirdly palatable music with screaming. Yeah, I think I've always thought okay. this about Killswitch Engage. I'm like, man, you scream in a way that makes me think that people are okay with it more than they do with most other bands. Yeah, I believe in you, dear listener. But uh, we need to wrap the show, Ethan. We do. How do we wrap, Tyler? I have no idea. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bacon and Eggs. If you want to follow Ethan and I on like social media, there's links for that all in the description. There's like a couple different names here and there, but like following us, I think will add value to your life. I, I'm most active on Twitter. Ethan probably most active on Instagram. And then Ethan our, doesn't like using his phone right now. I'm working on it's it. It's just the worst, man. It's 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 what we call social media so anxiety. It's I, like social. 
anxiety, but with me. Actually, I want to um, I want to drag it back around to this for a second, real quick. I made a goal for myself this year to post every single day on Instagram. Right when at New Year's, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna post every day on Instagram. I have yeah, posted I, twice in the last 14 days. <laughs> I uh, I never post on Instagram. I'm I, mortified. I, I posted last night on Instagram, and today I lost seven followers. Dang, I'm sorry to hear that. That's fine. It's fine. It's just like, I have nothing to photograph right now. Like, I just am so stuck inside. I'm like, I can go walk around downtown Roanoke, and I'm just bored of it. So, I'm You've sorry I haven't been it? posting on Instagram a lot recently, but I, I just want to let everybody know that I failed my New Year's revolution resolution. I'm sorry to hear that. That's fine. But... It's always we're, next year. We're very I active wasn't... on Twitter and Instagram. We also have a Facebook group, which is free to join. Um, it's called Bacon and Eggs Fans. Yeah. We're relatively active in there. I don't post a lot in there, but I will interact with your posts. Let me tell you something right now, listener. I'm a human being. I will notice when you post. I don't know if I I'll always read... interact with it, but I will certainly read it. <laughs> I read and view everything. Everything. Also, uh, Bacon and Eggs is a proud member and the founding members of WBNE.org. If you've never been to WBNE.org, there are six different podcasts that you can peruse of a variety of different topics. If you like this one, you will likely like those, uh, either because I'm on them or Ethan's on them, or we have carefully curated podcasts and found hosts that are similar to us, but different enough that you feel like you're listening to something new. Uh, and we are like super proud of what WBNE is. There are shows about Broadway, which is an interest of ours. There's shows about Dungeons and Dragons, which is an interest of ours. Shows about uh, themes and fiction from people less ADHD than me, which is an interest of ours. Uh, there are shows about uh, Lord of the Rings, which every time I pick up a Lord of the Rings book, I'm like, yep, this is my favorite fiction. This is what I like. And then my ADHD brain is like, mm, can't do this right now. We're only going to be able to knock out like three pages, bud. So I've been working on that very slowly. And then there's also a show called Bagels, which is about me and my wife which is also like my wife <laughs> have you seen the tiktok that's like how men make friends and it's just like a well-timed borat reference <laughs> yep my wife. that is how grown men make friends uh so that's me and my wife uh and it's, we talk about relationships and and what that's all about and it's just a lot of fun so you sh and we have guests all the time on that show so you should go to wbne.org and check out all the stuff that we have there additionally our artwork is by vaishan brandon who is the greatest creator of all time uh you should reach out to him if you need artwork for anything i promise you if you're like mm, i can't afford it you can you can indeed uh, afford it you can indeed afford it uh you can also reach out to our composer who is a student oscar-winning composer by the name of Andrew Scott Bell. A slightly less you can afford it conversation, but I believe you could if you really wanted it. Uh, Andrew is amazing and his work is excellent and you should see all the amazing things that he's done. Uh, and then what else, Ethan? What else? Do you, I don't think there's anything else to plug here. There's you should nothing listen else to, to plug. That's, you should listen to That's What I'm Talking About specifically. That's our token podcast. There's a preview for it right here. That's What I'm Talking About follows me, Mary Clay, on my first ever journey through Lord of the Rings. Each week, a guest joins me for a chapter-by-chapter -chapter discussion of the books where I also make some bold predictions. My current theory is that it's gonna end like the movie Holes when Stanley is carrying Zero up the mountain because Madame Zeroni cursed his family. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's what I'm talking about every Tuesday, wherever you get podcasts. Anyway, I've been Ethan Edgehill, he's been Tyler Carlin, and until next week, Arrivederci. And together we're gonna build the fastest automobiles in the world.